This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, April 16, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. Trade policy will loom large in the fall campaign for president. Sally James, a trade policy analyst at the Cato Institute, breaks down the candidates' positions. In general, what characterizes this presidential race in terms of trade positions of the candidates different from previous presidential campaigns? Well, I'm not sure that it is much different from previous campaigns in the primary part of the race. Certainly 2004, John Kerry was kind of speaking out against Benedict Arnold corporations and offshoring and all this sort of thing. And then, of course, when the general election came around, just like it's happened in previous years, uh, they kind of return to the centre, the parties, when they're campaigning for more independent voters. But I think what may characterise this presidential campaign when we get to down to two candidates, one from each side, this may stick around for a while, this kind of stark difference in the trade positions of the candidates, simply because we're seeing a slowing of the economy And so far, particularly on the Democratic side, in fact, almost exclusively on the Democratic side, there's been this push towards blaming trade for a lot of this slowdown, or if not trade, globalisation, hedge funds, you know, free capital movement, that sort of thing. So we may see that a more stark difference between the candidates this time, and certainly based on their voting records, they are poles apart. Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama have both pointed to bad trade agreements. And in fact, they use exactly that phrase, or Obama uses exactly that phrase. You say that they imply that more government management of trade flows will somehow turn things around. John McCain, on the other side, says, quite honestly, I think, those jobs are not coming back. Right. Um, I think John McCain, on this issue, is taking a fairly... Uh, politically unpopular line because he thinks it's the right one to do. I agree with him on this issue. And he seems to be sticking to it so far, despite the political wins. Now, as for the uh, Democratic uh, candidates, their uh, positions on bad, so-called bad trade agreements mainly reflect their conviction that the agreements signed have been too liberal in the sense of being too free. They have not included the sorts of special conditions on, for example, labour rights and and the environment that these candidates would like to see. What's the upside with Obama with regard to trade? Well, he's shown that he can be open to trade on things like Cuba. I mean, a lot of Democratic candidates seem to somehow make a special exception for Cuba and and, uh, vote particularly compared to the Republicans, in a very strong way towards opening trade and and links with Cuba. But for some reason, it seems to all fall apart when you apply that to other countries, especially if they're not small communist countries. So I I think that's probably an upside. I think he's got fairly good uh, advisers. Uh, I actually took heart from the fact that Goolsby, during this whole NAFTA debate, was accused of Uh, kind of placating Canada and saying, oh, don't worry about it, it's just campaign rhetoric. That was actually music to my ears. I was hoping it was just campaign rhetoric because if if it was Obama's true conviction and his policy prescription, we're in for a lot of trouble. Hillary Clinton, almost the reverse of that, had been a supporter of NAFTA and has tried to say some things about how she didn't support NAFTA. Is that at all encouraging that at one point she was uh, backing, you know, an important trade agreement? 
I don't think it's ever encouraging when candidates kind of rely on mercantilist rhetoric to get themselves elected. I don't think it helps the public debate when they put forward misguided ideas based on bad, limited or even false information. So I don't think it's good um, for them to use those arguments and then backtrack, particularly because voters rightly expect candidates to follow up on their promises. If they're promising these sorts of things, it creates a constituency that will then go on to demand it. So I I don't like that necessarily. Um, It is true that she campaigned for NAFTA and, of course, there's a big debate about whether she was doing that because her husband, Bill Clinton, did support NAFTA and meant it and appears to still mean it and is still relatively good on trade. Um, But I'm sure there's lots of things they disagree on as a couple, not just in the policy sphere. And, uh, you know, maybe she... I, I personally do feel that she probably is less friendly towards trade than her husband at a deep, fundamental, philosophical level. You said that both Democrats want to use trade as a tool, a tool in dealing with other countries, such as raising environmental standards and things like that. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with it is other countries won't accept it. Um, In fact, it was tried in the World Trade Organization a few years ago that some of these developed countries wanted to introduce these types of standards, you know, to... I think partly because they said they wanted to raise these standards around the world, and that may, that's probably true, but also it's somewhat of a fig leaf. They want to erase the comparative advantage that some of these developing countries have simply because they're not rich enough to afford the sorts of standards that rich people um, think are necessary. What's wrong with that is that when the World Trade Organization tried to institute these uh, standards or bring these standards into the ambit of the World Trade Organization, it was flatly rejected. And in fact, the ministers of the World Trade Organization, the trade ministers came out with a statement explicitly saying that this sort of thing wasn't on. So what we will see if if these demands are tried, uh, if, if the next president tries tries to inject these sorts of demands in agreements, we'll simply see these agreements not being signed at all. In trying to make environmental standards a sticking point for future trade agreements with other countries, that it actually allows them to get the support of both unions and environmentalists on the gets gets them on the same page. Oh, definitely, environmentalists like the fact that Democrats are committed to these sort, or say they're committed to these sorts of standards, and the unions like it because they know that. You know, some of the comparative advantage that developing countries have come for the fact that they either can't afford such standards or don't want them because they may have different uh, cultural values. They may value the environment less than poor people do, and they certainly can afford to. They can't afford to value the environment to the same extent that rich people do. So it is a good way of of bringing those two groups together. Sally James is a trade policy analyst at the Cato Institute and author of the new trade briefing paper, Race to the Bottom, the Presidential Candidate's Positions on Trade. You can read it at Cato.org.